There was a little, but always cranky, girl. She believed her life was so boring and she just wasn't happy. There weren't enough toys, the gifts she was getting were just wrong. She wished to meet a fairy godmother who would turn her whole life into a fairy tale and fix all the things that were wrong. One day a fairy godmother did come to the little girl and said she would fulfill one of her wishes. The girl became very happy at first, but then she started to think. Well, she had lots of wishes and all of them were important and necessary. The girl thought for a long time she could not choose just one. Her fairy godmother said that if she couldn't decide, then she would just give her one wish every single day. The girl became happier. Now all her dreams would come true. She thanked her godmother and ran home. From that day on, she was waiting for every morning with joy and excitement because one more dream would just drop into her lap and come true. The days passed. She got everything she wished for effortlessly. But soon the little girl realized that fulfillment of the wishes didn't really give her the joy and the happiness that she thought that they would. Many of the impulsive wishes just ended up bringing disappointment and some even pain and frustration. Almost every dream was an empty little girl's caprice. Being unsatisfied, she realized that this was all wrong now. She didn't want it anymore. The girl was getting sadder and sadder by the day, and the dreams that magically appeared every morning did not bring her joy. Soon she started to fear her own dreams and the problems that might come along with them. So the little girl went back to her fairy godmother and told her to take her terrible gift back. She was afraid to live, afraid to wake up every day, waiting for an imminent execution of another wish. Crying, she begged her godmother to fulfill only one dream, to live as she lived before and enjoy her life and that her many wishes would remain only wishes, from which she would select just one she would on her own bring to her life. The kind fairy godmother had mercy upon the little girl. She waved her magic wand and disappeared. The girl ran home. She was very happy because she knew that now she would laboriously work for her one big cherished dream, not wasting any more time with short-term in fact, quite unnecessary whims. This is Natural and Wild with Christine Grayson. I'm a storyteller and nature lover, and I live out here in the wild with it all. Today's podcast is inspired by a conversation that I had this week with somebody. I think this stuff is pretty important, so let's get to it. This is about dedication and more personal needs. What's the first feeling you get when I suggest being loyal to yourself? Is it uncomfortable? Do you feel there's this obscene selfishness in that invitation? And if you do, where is all that guilt generating from, really? If you would be faithful and dedicated to someone you love, wouldn't you be faithful and dedicated to yourself too? Do you not deserve that kind of loyalty? I'm talking about a loyalty to what you want to achieve, because what you need and deserve is divine. 
You and what you need is a part of this whole cosmic force of nature on all its levels. Let's go back to watching the birds again. I always gravitate towards bird watching because I believe that it's in my blood. I come from one of the oldest Appalachian families in western North Carolina and Tennessee out all the way towards Franklin. And in the 17 and 1800s, we were trading with and marrying into the Cherokee native community. Of course, a percentage of Cherokee in my blood is tiny to nothing, and I would never claim that bloodline at all. But there's a spirituality that I learned from the Cherokee people that just feels right, and I resonate with strongly. And that's the spirituality of the bird clan. The Cherokee name for it is Anitsisqua, and it revolves around the belief that birds are messengers between people and the Creator, or between Earth and Heaven. So now, to get back to the birds. If you watch closely, you'll begin to understand that some of the most dedicated parents of the animal kingdom are birds. And the males, the male crows specifically, their sense of protection and servitude to other crows is amazing. They not only provide for their partners and children, but they also provide for widowed crows in their community. It's common for a male crow to go feed a single crow who's lost her partner and make sure that older female crows are cared for before returning to his own nest and feeding his own little family. Crows have a lot of the same social behaviors that that humans do, actually. And if they want something, whether it's for their family or if it's for themselves, they'll focus and dedicate every ounce of energy and thought power to it until they figure it out and get it. They don't quit. There was a car wash. It was a local one. And I heard this story from someone in the neighborhood years ago who was friends with the man who owned it. It was a self-serve car wash, so it had those machines where you put the quarters in and it turns on your soap and your scrub brushes and all that. Well, his car wash was getting plenty of business. He knew that. People were going in and out of there all the time, but his money started missing. He noticed he was getting less and less, and that didn't make sense. He would check the machines to make sure that there was no way somebody could be hacking the system to get free stuff. He couldn't find anything wrong, so he installed cameras all over the place and started watching what was recorded. And he learned that crows had taken over that place when it closed for the day and people weren't around anymore. And they had figured out how to go into the machine slots and pick out the quarters with their beaks. They were stealing his money and then flying up and disappearing So he took another trip out to his car wash one day after hours and saw these crows flying up to the roof. And so he climbed up on to the roof and saw bunches and mounds of quarters all over the roof where they'd stashed them. You know, crows love shiny things. And you've got to think, it took some effort and dedication to figure out how to steal quarters out of car wash slot machines and to collectively stash them all on the rooftop. Loyalty to what they wanted to do. If they were human, they'd have found a way of making money. They'd have hit the jackpot. Crows are considered one of the smartest birds out there. 
and their minds keep evolving because they keep focused on what they want and they figure out how to achieve it. You can train them. They're intelligent. So what do you want to do? Because there's a way to do anything and get around any obstacle. And the way to start that is to be persistent and faithful to you, yourself, and dedicate the time and effort every day to what you want for yourself. But to do that, you have to throw out the notion that you don't deserve that effort or that time. We all know deep down what's going to work for us. You have an inner voice, this place inside you that just knows what has to be done. You just can't let other people who might not share the same vision make you start to question that voice. That's your voice, and it deserves just as much loyalty as you've been given to anybody else. Most of us are really good at putting our own desires and needs on a back burner to simmer quietly all alone while we spend the majority of our time and effort holding up, supporting, working for, and even living for other people. Now, that's good if you're doing it for your children while they're too young to do it for themselves, but they do grow up. And continuing to do too much for somebody, anybody, will unfortunately turn them into something helpless, somebody who can't get themselves out of a fix. Doing too much for a partner or a spouse will do the same thing. And it's easy to overdo it and try to fix everything. Try to do everything for somebody that you love. It's hard to say, you know what? You're going to have to fix this one. Or you're going to have to do your your part and, and help out in this situation. Love is a tricky thing. Love can be manipulated. So back to you. We're living now, honestly, in a time of of selfishness. It's the me age. And this throws a curveball at anybody who's trying to get used to putting effort into themselves or their own goals because there's so much selfish behavior going around in a very bad, disrespectful, inconsiderate way that we can actually become afraid to take time for ourselves and work on our own desires and goals. And the reason behind that is because it's going to feel like we're just like the thousands of people we see acting like egocentric jerks on social media. But you're not. You are not those people. There's a big difference between being greedy, narcissistic, self-centered, and then being somebody who needs to take some self-time and work towards their own goals and happiness. Two different things. To ask that someone you love take some responsibility and contribute to finding solutions and working towards something that's going to benefit everybody involved, that's not selfish. Selfish is disrespecting people. Selfish is not caring at all about somebody and their dreams and their goals. You can still care and support to a degree and then delegate some time to your own personal goals. It doesn't make you selfish to have self-respect and things that you need to do for you. If you never work towards the things that are actually going to make you happy, then that's going to eventually start to feel very depressing and miserable, and it's going to start showing. And when that misery starts showing, 
that's when arguments and infighting and misunderstandings start to happen that really will weigh down on any kind of relationship. You've got to think of yourself. Spend time on yourself. Give yourself just as much as you're giving everybody else. There's nothing wrong with this. In fact, it's necessary if you want people to have any respect for you at all. I know so many people who have just given up on everything they dream about, everything they want to do in their life, and those people end up feeling stuck and sick inside and bored, and in some cases even losing social skills, never leaving the county they live in, unhappy in their home life. Your spouse or your partner will always be able to tell something's wrong with you, no matter how much you're faking it. It causes marital problems, family problems. So there you go. Giving up on what you personally want and need in your life can possibly lead to marital problems and negative family issues. I've seen it a hundred times in a hundred different ways. Dedication to what you want. It's so important. And that dedication doesn't have to be obsessive and last all day long. It can be scheduled. It can fit into any routine or way of life that you want. Again, there's a way around everything. So before we start thinking, "Uh uh-oh, my goals and dreams are going to tear my family apart. I can't do this or I can't do that anymore. Realize that that dedication can come in very small increments at first. Until everybody gets used to it. Until everybody starts pitching into their own problems and the responsibility becomes a little more balanced across the board. It doesn't happen overnight. People treat you the way you allow them to. And if you've decided to designate, you know, 20 minutes a day to, I don't know, learning basic samba moves or playing piano or a new exercise routine or a home business that you want to start. And yes, just 20 minutes a day. Then the people who love you, they will get used to it. I know this sounds like really basic stuff, but I've had the privilege of meeting and knowing several people who really need to hear this, really need to soak it up and let it sink in. Giving up what you want in your life to fix everything and do everything for everybody else is not saving you from being selfish. If you believe that, then you've got the wrong idea of what being a selfish person is. I was in a relationship a long time ago, (laughs) back in the dinosaur days, with a guy who used that ridiculous argument to manipulate my decisions. This was way back in my 20s for anybody out there who thinks I might be talking about him. (laughs) But this guy, in my 20s, used that thing that everybody uses when they're young and dumb. If you're going to do this, you must not think much of our relationship. Or if you don't do this, you don't love me. Yada, yada, yada. That tactic is so basic, so worn out and tired. Anybody using that is just scared. Scared you're going to leave them if you make anything out of yourself or out of your life. If that's happening in your relationship, then there's a bigger problem already that doesn't have anything to do with your goals or your dreams. That's something much deeper. Partnerships are supposed to be just that. Partnerships. You both give and take, not just one of you. 
spending a lot of time and melting into nature, going out and taking the time to really meditate with it, sink into it, to listen to the atmosphere, the smallest sounds around, to feel that solid ground under your feet, feel its strength, to look up and see how big the sky feels and how it just stretches for miles and miles and miles of blue to breathe in the life of green trees and plants. It's a really good way to bring yourself back from the mind-boggling, confusing, incredibly busy and contradictory human world that we live in and ground yourself enough to go back in with a little more grit and strength and patience and composure for the next go-around. Nature is very healing And it's a good environment for sorting out all that jumbled up confusion in our heads. Everybody has it. A million voices talking in our brain at the same time. Things we've got to do. Reminders. Worries. Meditation sounds like an overused, dorky, new age term these days. But it's such a good tool. Our minds need as much rest and resetting as our bodies do. Bodybuilders don't work the same muscle group every day. It wouldn't do any good. It would overwork everything. That muscle wouldn't have time to heal and become bigger and stronger. It would cancel out everything that they were trying to accomplish, right? Same thing with your head. If you overuse it and don't give it time to rest and relax and regroup, it's going to move you in the direction of compromised mental health. I've mentioned before that I used to work in mental health care. This was my main job for years in various categories. I worked in a psych ward for a while. I worked in a a group home for uh, troubled teenagers and adolescents. I worked in a residential home for the mentally handicapped for a while. I worked in a substance abuse and suicide clinic. I have a lot of experience behind me in the way of mental health. I trained as a counselor alongside some very good psychologists and doctors I'm not just talking out of my backside here. When somebody has a mental breakdown, which is a very broad term and can cover just about a million things, it usually happens because that person has simply overextended themselves. Now, I'm not talking about people with diagnosed very serious conditions like schizoaffective disorder or anything. I'm talking about your average common person who just goes off the deep end. And that's way more common than you'd think. You wouldn't believe how often we were taking in a new resident or a patient like that in comparison with those who have more long-term mental damage. And it happens so often because our world is set up to make most of us believe that we're supposed to constantly be working for other people's benefits and never give ourselves time for anything, especially recreational or relaxing stuff. We're trained to think that we should always be working. Even if we're giving ourselves that time, we should be working on something. We should be building a business. We should be doing something work-related. No, not always. But we're constantly setting up ourselves for way too much work, too much servitude, not enough personal downtime, and definitely not enough time for pursuing personal desires and dreams. There's a point at which children grow up 
And then there's more time to put some of that effort into yourself again. But a lot of people have trouble letting go of that tendency to overparent when it has, you know, come time to do that. And I see these parents stressed out in those later years, those later years when they should be enjoying their lives just a little bit more, when it should be their turn. Again, I like to look to nature for answers. So what species out there anywhere continues to do everything for their young once those little birds or cats or mice become adult enough to take care of themselves? None. And that's the way it's supposed to work. Of course, you can still support your children and help your children, but overdoing it and letting yourself be taken advantage of is not how it's supposed to work. I believe in nature. I believe that it's the creation of some higher power or energy. And if you don't believe in a higher power, that's okay. But believe in what you see out there. That's working. Nature works. We don't so much with our man-made belief systems and laws and judgments and shaming each other into doing unnatural things and living in unnatural ways in order to keep control or obtain more money, or whatever it is we want over one another. Nature, pay attention to it. It's not a stupid thing to do. And if you do believe in a higher power, or God, or whatever you want to call that inner, greater guide of wiser things, then believe in the way that higher power made things work out there in nature. Nature is composed of beautiful, good things, and very dark, creepy, and scary things. It's intense. It's got this intensity that we're not even capable of understanding or taking in all at once. It's heavy. And you're a part of that. You're made up of the same light, the same intense darkness, and those needs, and the way that you naturally work in cycles and in phases is absolutely in alignment with nature. Naturalness, the original way to live, be healthy, and make love. Nature is this obvious, beautiful, and giant force that we hardly pay attention to anymore because once we started our industrial revolutions and our technical ages, we thought that we didn't need to. We don't have to entirely depend on the weather as much anymore. We clone our bananas in hothouses. We build vitamins in laboratories. We can grow food in parts of the world that has milder weather and then ship it to wherever it needs to go. People live in houses that are locked and double-paned and sealed against the weather. Some people don't even hear rainstorms when they come through. I had to start all over again and completely separate myself from the modern world. No electricity, no running water, dependent on the weather for the food that I was trying to grow, dependent on the weather for building a place to live. Nature commanded all my decisions. I had to do this before I remembered who I was, why I was here, what was inside me, and where I wanted to go how I wanted to live my life, how I should be living my life. I erased everything modern and started all over again. 
Now, of course, I have a lot of that back. I'm on the grid. I have so much more than I started out with. And I feel like a normal person of society again. But I'm changed. And I kept what I learned with me. And I'm healthier for it. And I really want to impart the epiphanies of my experiences out here because I believe in its healing powers. Nature's for everyone. It doesn't belong to any religious dogma, and it's not devoid of spiritual discoveries either. Dedicate your efforts to what you want and what you want to be doing, even if what you want to be doing is not going to get the approval of modern society. Trust me when I tell you from experience That sticking with your gut and doing what you need to do for you is going to gain you respect at some point from that modern society. It might take a while, and you'll probably have to prove yourself. But the dedication you give this, the focus that you stick with, it will get you there. Now let's talk about boundaries. How did nature teach me to establish boundaries? Well, that's a super easy one, and one of the first things that you see out here in the wild, creatures, even plants, everything, establishing its boundaries. It's a given. It's the first thing that any living creature learns how to do. The animals that don't establish their boundaries get attacked, pushed out of a home. They don't get the best mating opportunities. The ones who do flourish. Their bloodlines are stronger. They live better lives. Plants, trees, and vines will push their way and move toward the sun, regardless of their circumstances. They grow where they want to grow, where they know they need to be, and they are aware of their existence. I've read about this. It's been proven. Plants do have self-awareness. We, as people, have to establish our boundaries lest we get run over, taken advantage of, disrespected. If you don't respect yourself enough to stick with your personal boundaries, nobody else will, including family members. Happens all the time. You were not given life just to abuse it and run it straight into the ground just because you might have thought somebody else was more important than you. You're a human being, and you're important. Your life is just as important as your child's life, your spouse's life, your friend's lives, the man fixing your internet connection. You have just as much of a right to live a good and healthy life as anybody else does. So dedicate 20 minutes a day to yourself and your dreams and your space and set your healthy boundaries. You're allowed and you're worth it. Don't give up on you. This has been Natural and Wild with me, Christine Grayson. I want to thank everybody who's hit the virtual tip jar this week through the donation button on my website. And I especially want to thank the people who support my Patreon page and help pay for the musical licensing used here and keep this podcast alive. Bruce Presson, Sheila McGregor, Arnold Bloom, Robin Umber, William Bishop, Yvonne Ragland, and Chris Nolan. Thank you all so much. Have a fantastic weekend, everybody. Check out the Patreon page at patreon.com slash Christine Grayson. And come back next week for more.